So I have a warning for you all on tonight. You know, um, I know this week the Holy Spirit gave me a vision of being, being in a swimming pool and the vision started with me being in the pool and I was completely still and I was and the pool was completely calm and still. And then um, in the vision, I just twitched my baby finger, if you call it that. I just twitched my finger just a tad bit and just me twitching my finger just that tad bit, it caused a ripple effect in the pool. And then, uh, and then when that thing shut off, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me about how the body of Christ has literally no revelation about how even the little things that they are doing are causing a ripple effect in other dimensions, as well as across this planet. And so, and the scripture came to mind that he gave me, Matthew 18, 20, says, where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there amongst them. Uh, and that's Jesus. So it's a twofold sword kind of, and that is one, every little move that you make and every little thing that you say is causing a ripple effect, whether you realize it or not, because how many you know, when you move in the pool, the ripple moves away from you. And so it's the same way when you do things, the ripples go in other directions. So you may not necessarily have and know the effect. Um, and then on top of that, Bible says, when two or three are gathered together in my name, there Jesus is amongst them. And I think that's something that we forget is just how much the Lord is amongst us. And if he's amongst us, he's also recording everything. He's recording your heart. He's recording your attitude. He's recording everything. Y'all remember uh, that priest that was in the Bible? God got really mad at the priest. And I, I mean, the story is a little vague right now, but I think he might have even lost his position. It says that God got mad at him because he wouldn't put his two sons in check. Okay, um, um, his sons got out of order and he wouldn't put them in check for maybe he didn't want to put them in check. Maybe he didn't want to seem like the bad guy. Maybe he didn't want to offend his kids, but either way, God got mad at him because he wouldn't put certain things in check. And so, you know, the Lord has been giving me a lot of dreams about people mad at me, you know, and they can be mad all they want to and they're gonna stop the Lord from blessing me and then it's not mine. It's, is his, you know, and so let's read this right here because I'm going to talk a little bit more about what I talked about in regards to the young lady that we ministered to for the last few months who we had then adopted and is going to lead over into some other things because one of the things that's going on is, is that, um, well, never mind. First Timothy 3, 1 through 6, Passion Translation. If any of you aspires to be an overseer in the church, you set your heart toward a noble ambition, for the word is true. Yet an elder needs to be one who is without blame before others. He should be one whose heart is for his wife alone and not another woman. He should be recognized as one who is sensible and well-behaved and living a disciplined life. He should be a spiritual shepherd who has the gift of teaching and is known for his hospitality. He cannot be a drunkard or someone who lashes out at others or argumentative, or someone who simply craves more money, but instead recognized by his gentleness. His heart should be set on guiding his household with wisdom and dignity, bringing up his own children to worship with devotion and purity. For if he is unable to properly lead his own household well, how could he properly lead God's household? He should not be a new disciple who would be vulnerable to living in the clouds of conceit 
and fall into pride, making him easy prey for Satan. And so that last part there is what I'm going to jump into and just kind of share, you know, slowly and methodically and carefully, is that now there's a danger for this all. You know, you have old people that are still prideful. They ain't going to never change. You know, but then there's a danger also for young people in the faith, not necessarily in age, but young people in the faith, is that if they experience too much attention, too much power, and too much exaltation, they become conceited. They become prideful. And as a result of that pride, it then makes them easy prey for the Satan. Um, and then he's able to take them captive and they won't really know it. And so, you know, most of you know the story pretty much now, because I don't think I see any first time visitors. Most of you know the story about this young lady, how I prayed a prayer. And there's still some mystery in regards to that, that more is unfolding. But, you know, I prayed a prayer about spiritual warfare. She showed up and then it was a flat out war between us and hell, literally. And all of the things that were involved in all of those different type of things. It, um, I, I can probably say that I'm pretty much back to normalcy now after that. That took more out of me than I thought. Um, because I just wasn't expecting it. And I went into that battle low. I didn't go into that battle high. You're not supposed to go into those type of battles low. You're supposed to go into them high. But nevertheless, sometimes God will answer. You, gotta, you know heard that term? You got to be careful what you ask for and be careful what you pray for. Because sometimes the well, Lord will answer your prayer and at the same time judge you. I'm going to answer your prayer, but I'm going to also show you why you need to stay in prayer and stay in the word. Because this is going to drain you like you ain't never been drained before. So that you won't do this next time. It's coming back around in greater ways and in faster ways already. And so, you know, um, so as a result of that, you know, it, uh, um, you know, how many of you know hindsight is 2020. We did more positive than negatives, made less mistakes than you, um, than, than made right decisions. But nevertheless, you make mistakes with something that drastic and something that fast and something that insane and something that, you know, intense. And so, uh, um, and so, uh, you know, we gave, you know, I will tell you that we did give everything to that. And I think part of the thing, I think, not think, I know that for me, Part of the mistake that I made is just um, thinking that you could just rescue someone and then everything was going to be rosy. Now, there are times that it is the case, but then sometimes when it doesn't work out the way that you have in your mind, how I many know we love fairy tales? Right, right. Everybody loves fairy tales, right. you know, and, and sometimes as Christians, particularly in charismatic circles and stuff like that you come from, everything is a fairy tale. It has to work out perfect in order for it to be God. It must be flawless. It must be one, two, three. And we say, amen, four, five, six. It must work out that way. It can't be that it didn't work out the way we expected. And so, you know, you, uh, you learn those things. So my personal belief is that it will work out, you know, but, but, um, but, you know, there are some people that are so damaged that they are, you are a stopping point. You're not the end point. You're a stopping point to get a lot out and get a lot in so the person can keep on moving. Okay, so with that, you know, there's nothing literally else that we could have done. You know, if there's something else we could have done, Jesus need to come and visit me and not through a dream. He need to come and visit me in my bedroom and talk to me because I don't know of anything else that we could have done. And so, you know, there are going to be some people that in order for you to minister to them, they are going to cut you and God will heal you, okay? And you have to take the cuts because you t it's, it's, it's very similar to what Jesus did. What did the Bible say? The Bible says that he, 
He took our pain, right, so that we could get some of his peace. And he took our sickness so we could get some of that healing. He took our poverty so we could get some of that prosperity, okay? And so chastisement for our peace was upon him. When they were beating him, he was taking what we were supposed to get, and he was giving us a piece of him. Well, when you become a Christian, you're actually called to be that. We just don't like that. We want to do what we want to do and feel what we want to feel. We don't, we, we don't want to be told what to do. But yet Jesus said, he said, if you're going, this is very interesting what he said. He said, if you're going to follow me, he said, you might want to count the cost before you say yes. That was deep. He said, you might want to add this up. As my father used to say, ain't no such thing as easy street religion. And then he said, and if you do say yes, he said, keep in mind, he said, that you're going to have to take up your cross daily. Taking up the cross means doing the things that you don't want to do in order to please your heavenly father so that mankind can be blessed. And he said, you're going to have to do it every single day. Most don't do it every once in a while, but he said, you're going to have to do it every single day. So, you know, um, that is the case with that. So we have, I have blocked her from communicating with us, period. And I'm going to help you understand why. At the second level, you remember what I told you, when you go to the next level, then the Lord begins to explain things from the previous level, and he also begins to expose individuals at this level. That's one of the things that I don't like, is the dreams that the Lord gives. You didn't know this person was doing this, did you? I'm like, oh God, are you serious? You didn't know this person was talking about you, did you? Uh, I don't need to know that, because I don't care who talks about me. And so, but for some reason, God has a problem with stuff that sometimes you don't have a problem with. And so, uh, so let's look at Matthew 18, 15. It says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense, which is what we did. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then, if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. In other words, treat them like a straight-up sinner. Okay? <clears throat> Next scripture is 1 Timothy 5.20. It says, those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church. This will serve as a strong warning to others so they don't rise up in their own pride and arrogance. Now, as you always hear me say, that's a last resort. Now, if the Lord tells me to front off someone in front of the church, then you better believe that the Holy Ghost told me to do that because I would never do that unless he threatened me. That's why I've never done that. I did it one time, um, and sometimes I do it indirectly. When I do it indirectly, it's because I'm trying to save the person, okay? Because unfortunately, with great authority comes great power. And so if the Holy Ghost snaps me, you know what I mean by snap? It's over for you, period. That's why I hold back. I just hold back. I hold back. You know, it's interesting that God lost it before Moses did. And God was like, hey, I'm about to kill everybody. And Moses, and I'm going to just start another race with you. And Moses was like, Lord, please don't do that. He said, please, Lord. He said, if you do that, he said, the heathen are going to talk about you. And so God changed his mind. But let me tell you something, when God snaps, the person that is his messenger snaps with him. He does. And it's for the purpose of saving. There's some individuals that just don't get it. You know, you ever met somebody that the only thing that they understand is abuse? 
they don't understand nothing unless you cuss them out. You know what I'm saying? It, it, you know, they got, a, they got a particular mentality that you just can't come to them and ask them to stop. You can't just come to them and say, just walk in love. No, you, you pretty much got to send a lightning bolt and make them get in a car accident and blow their house up. And then they're like, oh, okay, I think I'm getting it now. Okay? And so, you know, so there, there will be great mercy. And I, I didn't put up last Saturdays on purpose. I'm putting this one up. Be great mercy will be given to the individual. It will be great mercy given to her because she's ignorant and she's dealt with trauma. And the Lord will take into account she does not know anything. She has been used by the dark side and abused and, and all of those different things. He'll take into that account. And if you, don't, if you don't have the heart of the Lord, what you'll do is you'll overstep God because you want to see somebody punished. And that's just something seriously that my wife and I had to walk through. Okay? And so, so I'm, I'm slow to do those things in regards to that. But there are times when the Lord will have you warn. Now, how many of you know at this ministry, I don't warn a lot. Okay, if I do, it's more like laughy, jokey type of, you know, we talk about we positive and how we're going to kill Satan and, and prosper and, and all of those type of stuff. But that's called an unfair weight, an unjust balance if you don't come with the other side. How many of you need to be corrected sometime? Okay. Worst thing in the world is that the Lord keeps telling you the same thing and then he sends people across your path to say the same thing. One day he'll go quiet on you. When he goes quiet, that means I have told you this enough. I'm going to just let you build up your negative rewards. And when it gets to the top, then I'm going to judge you. Because, y'all, this is a war that we're in, and we're trying to save people. And unfortunately, let me tell you something. Unfortunately, you know, I'm a, I'm a very, very gentle, nice, chilled out type of individual. But that's part of the problem. Is that a ministry like this that has been created, God knows everything we touch is for the purpose of getting people towards God. We don't have a bunch of side programs. There's nothing wrong with those in measure. We don't have roller skating parties and all the bunch of extra fellowships. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Those are coming. But everything, the core, 90% minimum of what we do is raw Bible, from prayer to the type of word that we preach, to us chastising ourselves, to us trying to walk in humility, to us casting out demons, to inner healing, to laying on the hands for the sick, to prophecy, to dreams and envisions, and, and, and all of those things that we do getting people baptized with the Holy Ghost. Everything that we touch right now, whenever people get touched, even the rebellious ones, okay, they come up. Okay? And so what will happen is, is that Satan will then look for agents, of, agents that he can use. He'll use the weak ones, arrogant, pride, okay? And, and he'll use them to try to come up against what the Lord is doing, and they'll be so blind, they won't even, be known, they won't even know they're being used by the enemy. One way you can tell is, is you're doing the opposite of the crowd, Okay? And so, so this is really a warning because my wife and I, I'm going to get to this in a minute. We, we have, you know, after seven, eight years, you know, you see a pattern. And one of the patterns that we've seen is that the people who fall, they don't just fall. They fall completely to the dark side. And, and it's just some, I mean, I'm talking about fall. Com I don't mean talking about just fall in sin and they just going back to the club. I mean, they become literal agents of Satan. They go, remember what the Bible says? It says, remember what it says is that when the unclean spirit is cast out, it says, if that person doesn't take care of themselves, it says they come back and it says that person is worse. That's what we're looking at. Okay. And so, and every church has to deal with this. Every church has to deal with it. Everyone. Churches like this deal with it differently because of the level of authority. Well, 1 Timothy 1, 19 through 20, I know it's a very sobering message, but you need to be sobered up every once in a while. 
Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their consciences. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. Hymenaeus and Alexander are two examples. I threw them out the church and handed them over to Satan so they might learn not to blaspheme God. Okay? The key was I didn't throw them out the church because I was mad at them. And I haven't done this with this person, by the way. I just, I told them they were welcome to come to the church. I just blocked them from communicating with me and my family for certain reasons. I'll get to it in a moment. And so he said, I threw them and handed them over to Satan so that they might learn some lessons that they couldn't learn the other way. So since you can't get it, we didn't preach to you. We didn't talk to you. And I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about just general period because there's us sometimes. We have preached. We have given you the word of God. God has been patient. God has been merciful. So I think we got a better idea. What we're going to do is we're going to turn you back over the one, turn you back over to the one we rescued you from. And when he get through beating your brains out, you'll learn. Your grandma said, you're going to learn today. Okay. And so in regards to this, this young lady, she had crossed over into blasphemy and prophesying by demonic spirit. Her pride makes her think that she does not need to submit to anyone because now that we have done the hard work, God is with her. She does not need to submit to anybody in any authority. Her immaturity leads her to believe she is prophesying by the Holy Spirit, but it is a demonic spirit. That is the main reason why I had to block it. Um, because of these two things, her thinking has become twisted and much of her prophecies are blasphemous. Um, there is a difference between somebody who tries to prophesy and they mess up versus someone that is connected to an unclean spirit and the unclean spirit prophesies through them. That's extremely dangerous. Because in order to have manifestation in this planet called the physical realm, you need a physical body. And if a demonic spirit is prophesying over you, <laughs> through a human being and the human being is believing the prophecy that they hear that thing will come to pass left unchecked okay and so rather than me battle with you and destroy you then I just have to block an individual and so and it's very twisted because she prophesied several times the doom of this church and all of its member and my wife and I and our entire family um, and it's very, very explicit, very just, just doomed as God is mad at us. We have corrupted everybody. We are not on the Lord's side. We are agents of Satan, just like she said, my wife was the high priest of Satan. I'm just letting you know the type of stuff that the Lord will let you deal with and why you're trying to save somebody. I didn't say she's not going to be saved. I'm just saying that sometimes you have ups and sometimes you have downs. And when it's up, you think it's going to be up for the next 50 years. And the Lord's like, oh, hold your horses, son. Something is coming. You're going to have to brace your love walk for. And when that sucker dropped down to the ground, what is this? That's called human beings. And this is what I've been having to deal with for 6,000 years, son. So you're just sharing and proud of my grace. Okay, so, so you prophesied it. So she prophesied this and then turned right around and then asked us to baptize her. You see the twist in that? Let me tell you something. If the Lord revealed to me that your ministry is going down to the ground and he mad at you and he getting ready to kill you and he getting ready to go to hell and all that type of stuff, why am I going to ask you to then pray for me? Does that make any sense? See, and so it became a thing where it was a game of the immature and the demonic spirit that is ultra wise that was using her ignorance against me. And so I can't minister to the individual because when I minister to the individual, the person then will say, well, I didn't say that. That's what the Lord said. So that's between you and the Lord. 
You understand what I'm saying? And so it becomes a very, very difficult thing. And I'm just letting you know that these are some of the people that's coming in here into your life that you're going to have to know how to love them up close and then love them from a distance. Um, because, you know, when they, when they don't get it, well, let me just read the rest of this. <clears throat> God always gives time. Revelation 2, 18 through 23. It says, write the following to the messenger of the congregation in Thyatira. For these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished brass. I know all that you've done for me, your love and your faith and your ministry and your steadfast perseverance. Everybody say amen. amen. In fact, you now excel in these virtues even more than at the first. But <laughs> I have this issue with you. You are forgiving that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is seducing my loving servants. She is teaching that it is permissible to indulge in sexual immorality and to eat food sacrifices to, uh, sacrificed to idols. In other words, she's doing things out of order. Now, what's interesting is, is that it did not matter all of the wonderful things that they had excelled in. Jesus was like, yep, and that's wonderful. He said, but I got a real problem when you don't chastise folk for being out of order. He said, I have waited for her to repent, which means she's been acting a fool for a while. I have waited for her to repent from her vile immorality, but she willingly refuses to do so. Now I will lay her low with terrible distress along with all of her adulterous partners if they do not repent. And I will strike down her followers with a deadly plague. And then all the congregations will realize that I am the one who thoroughly searches the most secret thought and the innermost being. I will give to each one what their works deserve. Okay? So whenever we get off track, God will give you a season. How long is that season? That's based on his determination. Okay? I will tell you this, those that grow up in Christian households get a short, get a short lease. Those who did not get a long one. Because God is not stupid. He is infinitely wise. And he, he has the ability to see your past, your present, and your future all in one swipe while reading your temperaments, your emotions, how you're wired, how you're gifted, as well as he can see all of the recesses of your heart. He takes all of that into account and then says, give him one year and three months. <laughs> and then after that, and then we're going to have to reverse some stuff. And I just thank God that I listen. Say amen. amen. I, know, I know it's serious tonight and everything. Y'all always expecting the deep. This is the deep. Amen. This is the stuff that messes people up. It messes up the people who do it and the messes up the people who are on the other end of it. Oh, Lord, it's quiet again in here. I might not have a church next week, Jesus. Might be me and these panels up here. And so always remember, okay, when you get off track and when people get off track, he does not judge them immediately like we like to do. And no matter how far off track you are, God, this woman is out of order. Number one, she's not even a real prophetess. She just called herself one, and she's teaching this foolishness in the church. And God said, yep, but I love her so much, I'm going to give her a little bit of time. I'm going to give her time, and I'm going to give her time. And while I'm giving her time, other people will be hurt. Amen. 
While I'm giving her time, other people will be corrupted. While I'm giving her time, other people will be taught the wrong thing. But I have the ability to get them back on track. But I love her so much, I'm unwilling to lose her. So I'll make everybody else suffer while I give her time. And we don't like that. I can tell by the quietness. It doesn't feel good until you get your mind renewed. 1 Timothy 5.24 Remember, the sins of some people are obvious, leading them to certain judgment. But there are others whose sins will not be revealed until later. I'm going to read that from the Panson translation. Verse 24 and 25. The sins of some people stand out and are well known. Yet there are others whose sins are not as obvious. But the truth of who they really are will eventually be seen and will bring them judgment. It is the same way with good works. Even if they are not known at first, they will eventually be recognized and acknowledged. Say amen. amen. That means keep on doing the right thing because your day is coming. Okay? So, so I just wanted to let you know that, you know, this is not a, I want to, you know, newer people to like, hey, what's going on? It's not a decision that I came to lightly. It's a decision of is that there's nothing else I can do. But once you start trying to prophesy over this ministry or my family by a demonic spirit and then say it's God and it's not, and I got to argue with about that, now I got to shut the door. See, and the reason, do I have to shut the door? No, I could deal with the nuance of it. But how many of you know? How many of you know? Yes, it is nice to open up your front door in the cool of the evening and let the breeze flow through. But guess what? Problem is, if you leave it open, you got to deal with a bunch of flies. And flies are a nuisance. And if too many of them get up in there, you can't enjoy the breeze because there's too many flies in the house. Well, that's what happens when you leave certain doors open. Could I leave the door open? Absolutely. I don't want to deal with the frustration of what could happen as a result of dealing with the flies. Y'all understand my point? And see, this is a high-level game in trying to save someone that God wants to be saved, but this individual is ignorant. They're very, very much ignorant. I mean, I want you to think about what, where your mind is at to come up with a theory that my wife is the high priestess of Satan. Now, you got to be really gone. and You know what I'm saying? You got to be really gone. And, and so, you know, so I had to, and I had to shift. The person shifted this negative energy into my household and said, so I got something for you. I ain't playing this time. And I shifted that energy right back. Boom, closed the door. Then the Lord gave me a dream that night. Can't share the dream. I'm just helping you understand. And see, the thing is, my wife and I are always dealing with multiple of these. Near and far, thither and yon, to and fro. Hey? Because, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mention any names. And for the most part, you're not going to know who I'm talking about unless you've been with me for a long while. You might be able to put two and three and five and eight together. But it's just a warning to us all. Because one of the things that I've learned is, the very people who don't think they can get off track, you can get off track. Okay, I watched my wife tell a lady one time, you're going to do such, such, such. And that woman vehemently denied, I ain't no way in the world I would do something that crazy. And guess what? She did it and a whole lot more. And if you don't carry yourself in humility, if you don't recognize that Jesus is the one that has saved you and that your life is to live to be lived for everything concerning him, 
and that sometimes you're going to be done wrong, and sometimes you're going to get the low end of the stick, and sometimes you're going to be misheard, and sometimes you're not going to be heard at all. If you don't recognize that that is a part of life, then you are the candidate of baptism by hell to be deceived and taken right out of your destiny. And you can make every cockamamie excuse you want to. And when you stand before the Lord, he's going to ask you one question. Why did you not humble yourself? Your excuses won't matter there. It doesn't. You can't change God's mind. And people are living their lives like they think they can just disregard all of them scriptures in the Bible and then get to heaven. He's somehow going to change his mind. It just doesn't work that way. And, they, and, they, and they out, these guys out here now saying you can't preach this way because the people won't come to church. That ain't my problem. My problem is to tell the truth. So if it's just y'all, then guess what? I bet you we'll be ruling the reign of Christ forever and ever and ever. You know what I'm saying? Jesus had to deal with that. The large majority, let me tell you what type of company I am. The large majority of group of followers with Jesus left him over one statement. He made one statement and they got offended. But yet, up until that one statement, you would have thought they were faithful followers. But they weren't following for him. They were following for themselves. And as soon as he made that statement, it says a large number of disciples. Not only did they leave, it says they never walked with him again. And he turned to the 12. Y'all going? He goes, you know, I can't do this by myself. And then Paul, how many know, Paul, one of the most anointed people in scripture. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than everybody. Paul was praying in tongues so much, he said, I got to the end of my road early, so much so, he said, I was trying to figure out if I should go to heaven or if I should stay down here in order to help you all. And then how many know, this is the same Paul who got bit by a snake and didn't even pray. How many of you know, that's power. How many of you know, that man fulfilled his destiny. How many of you know, that man was influential. But guess what he said at the end of his life? All men left me. Okay, so, so, one of the things that's very dangerous about me now is that I'm completely free from results. And that's a lesson you got to learn. All new men of God got to learn that. They want to see the church be a gazillionaire church overnight. It's not going to happen. Okay. So anyway. So part, one of the dreams that the Lord is beginning to plague me with, and I don't know why because I ain't asked for them. I don't care nobody do what they leave. Is, is these dreams, he's showing me the individuals and how frustrated they are. I had this dream and, and these, I want to say, these are two individuals used to be a part of this ministry. And, and in the dream, my wife and I were at one of their houses, and, and then my wife was like, you know what, I'm going to the car. I'll be waiting on you. So she went to the car with the kids. And then I went downstairs to let the individuals know that I was leaving. They went in the garage smoking cigarettes. And so I turned around and said, hey, y'all, I'm out. And I, I'm walking across this. I left the garage, walked across this field to where the car was sitting. And then one of the individuals had a dog. It was like a, I guess, I don't know if they call it an Afghan. It's a dog, it's like the size of a greyhound, but it has real long hair. I'm walking towards the car, and then the dog just started chasing after me like he was going to attack me. And so, and so I'm walking towards the car, and when the dog got right up to my back, he jumped up in the air like he was going to attack my neck. And so I just turned to the side, and while the dog was in the air, I just slammed him to the ground. So he was already in the momentum. <laughs> so I just took him in. Since you're up there, wham! But then unfortunately, what happens when I did that, I killed the dog. And what it is with me and killing dogs. Okay. So, so when I killed the dog, one of these individuals used to be a part of my church became infuriated. He became so infuriated, he was tr trying to get at me, just trying to get at me. I mean, this man was in a full rage 
trying to get at me. So much so, two individuals had to hold him back. He had grabbed hold of me, and I was like, don't do it, don't do it. Whatever he's going to do, I just tell him, don't do it. I am not the one to do this to. Don't do it, don't do this. And he finally let go, and I got to the car, and I told my wife, I said, every time I come over here, I end up killing something. In the dream, I knew I had killed one of his other dogs. And, and so I just, I didn't, couldn't figure it out. But then my wife gave me the interpretation because I didn't, uh, you know, one of the definitions of dogs is um, an attitude that rejects God's authority over you, which is what those individuals did. And it symbolizes the world and the flesh, which those individuals very much are. And someone who turns on you and turns on you with their mouths talking behind you, behind your back. Okay. And so, and so this was a dream that the Lord was showing that these individuals are talking behind, talking about you behind your back. And without you even knowing it with ease, you're slamming what they're saying against you and it's infuriating them even more. Okay. And so these things are very, very, very important. You know, um, I don't know. I'm going to just share this dream. Um, it really has no real relevance here, but I'm going to share it anyway. Young, I don't know if he, uh, he could be 18, 19 years of age, young man at the Riverdale location. And I'm, I'm just telling you know how sometimes there are things going on in your life that you can't see. Maybe that's what it is. And so he came to me Sunday. He said, man, I don't ever dream. I don't, he said, my sister having these dreams, parents having these dreams, I don't dream. I said, this is what you need to do. I said, I said you need to go home. And I said, you need to ask the Lord to give you a dream. So he did. So he said it was 11 o'clock in the morning. Now he's in the household with five other people. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. And he said, I just was sitting on the couch and he said, I just nodded off. And you know how you nod off just for a moment and you wake up again? He said, I nodded off and I woke up again. He said, and I thought I was still awake. I didn't know I was dreaming. He tapped into a dream that half second. Tapped into a dream. And, but in the dream, he's in the exact same scenario. So he did not know he was dreaming. So he gets up off the couch. He's just walking around. He wondering why the house is so quiet. And then he, wait, he, thought, he thought he was losing his mind because he said, it's 11 o'clock. He said, why is it dark? And he said, nobody was home. And so he's like, you know, he, you know that can mess with your mind, you know, because you just dozed off for a second and you think that this is real, but it's a dream. And he, uh, he said the house was dark, and he said everything was in disarray. He said everything was all overturned. He said there were blinds on the windows, and he said the blinds were just as toe up and raggedy, and you couldn't see nothing out them windows. He said he's just walking around, and then he said and he was just standing there like, where is everybody? And then he woke up. <laughs> that freaked you out. And he was sitting there like, what in the world has happened? So... He's sharing this with me, and I'm just like, I have no idea what this means. There's some dreams the Holy Spirit will just give you the answer. And he, when he gave me the answer, I was like, oh. He said, let the boy know that I put him asleep for a moment to let him walk around his spirit. That is in disarray because of what he keeps listening to. That blew me away. That's why he couldn't see. And the Lord explained to me. He said the reason why he has not gotten more dreams, he said those blinds, he said they recognize the fact that he is blind. He can't see out the window into the dream world because he is too toxic. Okay, He just gave his life to Christ, but he keeps them things in his ear, keep them things in his ear, keep those things in his ear. Okay, But guess what? He would have never known that forever 
had not the Lord revealed that to him. And that's how it is about your own personal deception. You think you're good, but you're not. And it's the ones that think that they are good that are the worst off. And it's the ones that know they raggedy like me that can see clearly. Remember what Jesus told him? He said, because you said you have no sins means that you have many. And because you said that you can see proves that you are blind. Because prideful folk think they can see everything. And humble folk know that they still blind even though they are a success. You understand what I'm saying? I know this is a rough and tough message. It's a little bit different, but it's still good. If you want prosperity to show up, get a handle on this. Okay. So, again, it's a lot. There, I shouldn't say it's a lot. It's not really a lot. But there are a few people that they're offended at me. But, you know, but let me learn. And this is, a, this is a judgment check for us all. If you were the CEO of a company, would you want high-level employees or low-level employees? Right, okay. But yet some people tend to think, that even though God is the CEO of the church, that he just want to take any old body in any old position. So if you're the CEO and you have a choice to pick between the one who shows up on time versus the one that's always late, the one that has a good attitude and never complains versus the one that got a bad attitude and always talking about everything all the time, who you going to hire? Who you going to promote? If you only had one employee, that is that way, and you found another guy that can do the same job with a better attitude, you might be inclined to find a way to move them out. The, you understand what I'm saying? And so unfortunately, y'all, as a leader, sometimes God does not like the individuals that are in certain positions, whether it be ministerial, whether it be, I'm not saying whatever. It could be an usher because it's God's house, not mine. You understand what I'm saying? I know it's a very sobering message, but you know what? Just because I'm doing the right thing don't mean he couldn't kick me out. That's right. Okay? Even though Eudipo said, he said, you think if I mess up that it's going to end? He said, God got seven other people standing by right now. Remember what Elijah said? Lord, it's just me. He said, wrong, dude. I got 7,000 other people that's on a higher level than you. You just don't know them. Like you flying the friendly skies at 24 hours, seven days a week, know everybody. Okay? And so I'm just encouraging you to look at yourself after tonight and say, y'all, we are in the end times. And you don't want someone else to get your reward because you are raggedy. You don't want the enemy to cloud your judgment because you have forgotten that this is the Lord's house and not mine. I'm telling you, this is not my house. And I'm gonna keep telling people that. And see, and, and that's why, since it's not my house, I have to obey the instructions of the ones built in the house. Now I can either obey him or I can obey you. And people always got another prophecy, or they always got another dream. Well, they know the Lord told me, guess what? The Lord didn't say nothing about following prophecies. He said, follow those who have got fruit. First Thessalonians, I'm sorry, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered together to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. Everyone say the Antichrist. The one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit in the temple of God claiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you know what is holding him back. For he can be revealed only when his time comes. 
When it says, you know what is holding him back, he's talking about the church. The Antichrist cannot appear until the church is moved out the way. For two reasons. One, because of what it's going to do. Two, he ain't strong enough to destroy the church. So the church has to be removed out of the way. Then he can appear because the church got snatched out of the way. The salt of the earth got removed. And so now let the corruption begin. Which is why what you see going on out here right now, even though you can't trace it, everything you see on the news is trying to destroy the church. Now, let me say something. No, I haven't said this in a long time. You can be offended if you want to. Quit judging Donald Trump as a pastor. He's a protector. He ain't a pastor. He ain't a prophet. He's a protector. Protectors don't care nothing about protection. Okay, how many of you know? If your, if your wife is being beat up, uh, you don't care nothing about no prophesying you're preaching. You're coming to knock somebody's teeth out. Okay? And I love a picture of him. He said, don't get it twisted. He said, they really after you. I'm just in the way. Love that picture because it's the absolute truth and people are not going to see it until he's no longer president. Watch what happens. Mark my word. It's not something I got a revelation about. It's not something that I got a prophecy about. It's something that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. And this ain't got nothing to do with this foolishness you see on the news ain't got nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. This is something else. This is heaven and hell. What a verse I'm in. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out the way. <laughs> it's crazy, ain't it? The darkness has to stay in secret as long as we're walking around. Then the man of lawlessness will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. He won't even pick up a sword to kill this fool. Just when he show up, he's going to die. This man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit power and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. First Timothy 4, 1 through 2. And then I'll give you a couple examples. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites liars, and their consciences are dead. Now, you know what a hypocrite is. They don't practice what they preach. They judge you for doing the same thing in the same area or another area. You know, a liar, that's easy. They lie. <laughs> okay. Dead conscience is another thing. How many of you know that when you are living, you can feel things? When you are living, you can hear things. When you are living, you can see things, taste things, and experience things. But when you are dead, you can't feel, see, hear anything. That's what it's talking about here is individuals that their consciences are dead. They can't hear God. They can't feel God. They have no love for God. They can't experience nothing. Can't hear him. Can't see him. Can't experience him. They are dead. Therefore, they have no problem flowing in evil like his second nature. And many are falling as, as the as when they uh, when they're falling, they're falling completely to the dark side. Now, you don't know these individuals. 
but it, but it alarmed me when the Lord brought this to my attention. These are individuals. It's not a lot, but these are individuals that all used to be members here. Now, this individual, I was training this individual to be a minister. This individual is now a full-blown practicing witch, astral projecting and everything. But you know what he had in common with the others? Didn't want to listen. When I tried to correct him, he didn't want to listen. You don't know what you're talking about. You're absolutely right. That's why I'm giving you the word. <laughs> I don't have nothing to give you. Full-blown practicing witch. And, and, and making it public and everything and telling everybody, members of the church, yeah, I'm astral projection because in witchcraft we serving God. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Let me tell you something about the dark side, you all. When you go into witchcraft and you, when you go into the occult, when you go to the dark side, the first thing that you are met with is not beings of darkness but beings of light because they must deceive you. And in order to deceive you, they must show up looking like an angel that came from heaven. That's why the Bible says Satan can transform himself into an angel of light. Why would he do something like that? To deceive the idiots that switched over to the dark side and think that they're serving God? Even those on the dark side don't even know about the higher levels that are on the dark side because it is a chain of slavery. So let's make them believe that the highest level is level three. It's 13 levels, but we'll let them believe that they're on level three and their pride will increase more because they think they have arrived. It's deep. This other individual, from the very beginning, was training him to be a minister, okay? He didn't switch over to the complete dark side, got prostitutes, slipped with prostitutes, and left his whole family. And has, I can't go into, go into details to protect certain individuals, but the individual has become evil. This is her every week, Dawn, Dawn. <laughs> okay, another couple didn't want to listen just with little small stuff. This individual tried to make a jab at my wife too. This is a little small stuff. Now, they're in the black Hebrew movement and changed their names. They can't even be found on the internet. Another individuals, married couple, they were here. Individual, the Lord had already destroyed him twice. And he publicly said it. Lord destroyed me twice because of my pride. Third time, he started making money. One thing that I told him, and I was the Antichrist. Now, he and his wife are promoting orgies and polygamy and everything else on Facebook. Had the nerve to send my wife an invitation to join a page for all of this lewd, perverted sex. Just out there showing everybody, yeah, we married, but we doing threesomes and foursomes and trees and... and the deep part was, when they were here, the wife came to me with three dreams. You know what I told her? I said, two of the dreams mean that something is going to happen to you, and when it does, your husband will leave you and won't be able to help you. But see how it is, you all, folk don't think I know what I'm talking about. I got fruit like an apple orchid, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Like I ain't doing nothing but sitting around trying to make your life miserable. You know what I'm saying? When you love somebody, you will tell them, um, excuse me, ma'am, your uh, foot is on the curb and the bus is going to run right over it. You don't tell me about my feet. These are my feet. Wonderful. Go ahead and, have, and miss a foot then because the bus is coming. <laughs> you know what they do then? They didn't get offended at you. Do you realize how many people, and again, it's not a lot. It's, just, it's always just a few. Do you realize that 
about half, at least half the people that we told them, look, you off. I'm not off. You don't tell me. One individual told me. Uh, all I did was tell the individual, I told the individual one thing. One. You want to know, you know what that one thing is? Um, instead of being in the hallway every service, I need you to come inside. You don't tell me how to worship God. Well, you're not worshiping him. You out there. Every service. For years. All I did was ask you to come. Take a stop. Because you're supposed to be in here. You don't tell me how to worship God. Okay. And it's sad because Jesus said, he said in the last days, he said many. We ain't even got to the sinners yet. He said it's the Christians that's going to fall away. Because of their pride. You can't tell them anything. And, you know, and, and, and that's what I was saying is that they, they then blame me for taking their ministry away. No man can take your ministry away. You gave it up. I had one young lady. I wasn't even talking to her. She was on the praise team. I wasn't even talking to the girl. And all I did was say, you know, you see these churches and people irking and shaking and, and yeah, they're both shy and they doing all that type of stuff. Okay, that's fine. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. You see that at a football game and we got all different types of crazy up in there. We have people that is going to be still, but they have people that are going to be doing all type of crazy stuff. I personally love all that type of stuff. This is wonderful. You're going to see Terry doing stuff and you're going to see Francia doing prophetic stuff in the air and, and flipping around. You're going to see people throwing demons. That's all of the different personalities. <laughs> and I would be totally out of order if I stopped it. This is personalities. The women typically here, men here, more more calm and chilled out. The women just wild out. They women get crazy. They just they just are. Okay, they killed the day. The, the guys over here looking at Satan, and 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 the ladies are like, "Fool, don't you see him?" She go over there and just kill him. I mean, it's just like that. All I did was say, I didn't say Irkin and Jerker was wrong. If you want to do that, I just said the Holy Spirit doesn't make you do that. If the Holy Spirit makes you do that, He has to make me live holy. That's all I said. She got offended. Got offended. Ran up to me. I know what you said. I'm like, I don't even know what I said. What did I say? Well, you said, you know, boom, 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 boom. You know, but I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit makes me do that. I'm just like, ma'am, I'm sorry. He doesn't do that. If he does that, he got to make me live right. He got to make me pray. He got to stretch my eyes open and make me read that Bible for five hours. He doesn't do that. That's you. That was her experience when she first got saved and then stuck. So now you became religious. So right after that, well, you know, I'm going to just sit down and, okay, well, you got plenty of chairs. And then that turned into about a month later, the Lord is leading me to another church. I ain't seen them since. You, and so the Bible says those that sin this way warn the others so that they won't be tempted. Because guess what? If the enemy comes into the house and looks for the weak one, when he gets them out, he's looking for the next weak one. And everyone thinks they're strong. How you can tell you're strong versus weak is what comes out of your mouth here and in private and what you're doing with your lifestyle. Again, you know what? Somewhere along the line, you got to give up your life and be willing to give a cause to something that is a kingdom. Okay? And unfortunately... You know, I've been around long enough to see people that are in a rush to have a ministry. For what? I didn't ask for the one I got. You, I'm just, I'm dead serious. I mean, I didn't ask for this. I mean, just, okay, Lord forced this upon me because I wasn't having it. 
and 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 they're in a rush, and that's how you get pulled up in in pride. And so, and, and they don't realize that the Bible says you have to be faithful to that which is another man's. And if you're not, then who will give you that with your own? So you got a lot of men that are making themselves ministries. You know, this same thing happened to Carlton Pearson. Who does not know who Carlton Pearson is? I know most of you. Okay. Carlson Pearson, back in the day when I was a kid, he had one of the biggest churches in the United States. If you look up Azusa Street, it was really the most powerful move of God. It was multicultural. People from all different type of races and nations just came and it was Pentecostal. So it was just blacks and whites and Chinese and Mexicans just acting crazy before the Lord. It was the most wonderful thing. It's still some of the songs that I love to listen to. It was off the chain, as they say. Until, remember the doctrines of the devil? He was sitting in front of the television, and he was watching a television show about African children who weren't being fed. Now, keep in mind, there is never even close to a shortage of food anywhere. It's a mismanagement of food. It's never a shortage of food. It's not even close to a shortage of food, folk. Not even close. When you go in these foreign places, the government takes the food. Okay? It's not a shortage of food ever. Not even close. Okay? But anyway, he was watching that, and he heard a voice say, he was feeling like, man, what about these African children, and, and what happens if they don't hear the gospel? And he heard a voice tell him, they don't need to hear the gospel because everybody is already saved. Because salvation has been provided for everyone. Jesus already paid that price. And so it doesn't matter that the murderers and Hitler and, 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 and serial killers, all of them are going to heaven, even though they have not accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, because the way of salvation has already been made. Now, how many know the salvation, way of salvation has already been made? Well, how many know in the Bible it also says you have to accept that by belief in your heart and say it with your mouth? And then it says you must turn from a life of sin. It says if you say you're not sinning, you're a liar. And it says God will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And that was written to Christians after they became a Christian. Now, how many of y'all, after you became a Christian, that you did some heathenistic things and you sinned, and you go ahead and lift your hands and be proud about it. It ain't nothing to be proud about, but just go ahead and lift your hands and be honest. How many of you? And you needed the Lord's forgiveness. Okay, but this voice told Carlton Pearson, this is what the voice told him. All of the preachers in the planet are wrong. All of them. All of them. Okay? And he created this new doctrine. And guess what? He first, and when he went public with it, Billy Graham, or Roberts, which was his spiritual father. Most people don't know that. Or Ross's spiritual father. T.D. Jakes, you name it. G.E. Patterson, across the board, Catholics, Presbyterian, Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostal. They're like, we might not all agree on that dreams and visions and speaking in tongue stuff, but one thing the Catholics and the Methodists and the Baptists and everybody else and the Pentecostals and everybody agree with, you ain't going to heaven until you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And they were like, dude, you have missed it greatly. And guess what? All of them are wrong except him. All of them wrong said him. And then as a result of it, $20,000 church, 20,000 member church, zero. All 20,000 members scattered. He lost everything, including his wife and his entire family. And now I looked him up today and now he has a ministry. They call it the evolution of theology that now embraces the same thing and half the panel were homosexual ministers who were saying that we are the ones out of order. Those will be the ones I'm going to have to fight against. 
and they ain't gonna, they, they won't know how to fight against me because like this boy's word is just too rough. It's too tough. You got too many scriptures. See, when you leave people like that unchecked, they start glorifying themselves in their own pride and their own, you know, exaltation. And it's called self-deception. And the man lost everything. You better be very careful when the whole planet is wrong except for you. Okay? And so, and I've been told that to my face by about three individuals. I'm the only one that's right. You go ahead with that, Doc. You're the only one that's right. All of these wonderful brains in the planet that know how to hear from God, and you have come up with a new doctrine now, 6,000 years, that says everybody else is wrong. Okay. Last scripture. And if you have a question, you can send it to me. I don't have any because y'all like, I don't, I'm not answering no questions with this. <laughs> Every once in a while, folk, okay, you have to hear this to put yourself in check because Jesus did it. And let me tell you what they did. When Jesus and the apostles did it, I have not called out any names and most of y'all have no idea who I'm talking about. When they did it, they put their name in scripture for everyone to read it for 2,000 years. If you remember the two guys, Hemenaeus and the other guy that was supposed to be taught a lesson? What if they made it to heaven? You'll be like, you that guy in the scripture that they turned over to Satan. Did you learn how not to blaspheme him? He's like, yes, I made it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Stuff is real, y'all. Romans 1:18. For God in heaven unveils his holy anger, breaking forth against every form of sin. Both toward, and this is talking about people who live in it, not because you made a mistake. Every form of sin, both toward ungodliness that lives in hearts, that's the hardest sin to locate, is the one that's in you. You can never see it. It has to be pulled out. It has to be pulled out through circumstances. It has to be pulled out for people who do you wrong. <clears throat> ungodliness that lives in hearts and evil actions for the wickedness of humanity, humanity, deliberately smothers the truth and keeps people from acknowledging the truth about God. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively, for God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance, Carlton Pearson, because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived, for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, this leaves everyone without excuse. Throughout human history, the fingerprints of God were upon them, yet they refused to honor him as God or even be thankful for his kindness. Instead, they entertained corrupt and foolish thoughts about what God was like, not what he was. This left them with nothing but misguided hearts steeped in moral darkness. Although claiming to be wise, they were in fact shallow fools. For only a fool would trade the unfading splendor of the immortal God to worship the fading image of other humans. Idols made to look like people, animals, birds, and even creeping reptiles. This is why God lifted off his restraining hand and let them have full expression of their sinful and shameful, shameful desires. You know what he means by that? He was stopping them from sinning. He, was, he kept trying to prevent them, and then he finally said, let them go. What verse am I in? I'm sorry. 
This is why God lifted his restraining hand and let them have full expression of their sinful and shameful desires. They were given over to moral depravity, dishonoring their bodies by sexual perversion among themselves, all because they traded the truth of God for a lie. They worship and serve the things God made rather than God who made all things. Glory and praises to him forever and ever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them over to their own disgraceful and vile passions. Inflamed with lust for one another, men and women ignored the natural order and exchanged normal sexual relations for homosexuality. Women engaged in lesbian conduct and men committed shameful acts with men, receiving in themselves the due penalty for their deviation. In other words, what happens when you sleep with another man, God says you deserve that if you're that crazy to go down that path. And because they thought it was worthless to embrace the true knowledge of God, God gave them over to a worthless mindset to break all rules of proper conduct. Their sinful lives became full of every kind of evil, wicked schemes, greed, and cruelty. You watch it on TV all day. Their hearts overflowed with jealous cravings and with conflict and strife, which drove them into hateful arguments and murder. They are deceitful liars full of hostility, and they are gossips who love to spread malicious slander. With inflated egos, they hurl hateful insults at God, yet they are nothing more than arrogant boasters. They are rebels against their parents and totally immoral. They are senseless, faithless, ruthless, heartless, and completely merciless. Although they are fully aware of God's laws and proper order, and knowing that those who do all these things deserve to die, yet they still go headlong into darkness, encouraging others to do the same, and clapping their hands and applauding them when they do. Hey, that is God's description of the men that are living in this time. And then he had the nerve to call you to live right in the midst of them, and then had the nerve to say, pray for them and walk in love. And that, my friends, is crazy. But the reason why he has you do that is because as you do that, you are forming and shaping your character into something else that's greater. I heard something that's very, very powerful today. And this individual was just talking about how everything goes through a, a type of protocol. And, and, and he was explaining some things, and he was saying that even your prayers, he said every prayer that's prayed is sent through a protocol. It's sent through like a vent or a straining system to determine if it's allowed to go to the other side. He said, this is the reason why your prayers don't go straight to the throne. They go to the angels first. He said, and then if it's worthy, it's then shifted over to incense. <laughs> he said, because there are some prayers, even from Christians, it can't be converted to incense for God to use. It's converted to something else for the enemy to use. I, I got to teach that more and more. You're either doing it for the Lord or by default you give it to Satan. And whatever you give them, they can turn it into something for their own personal benefit. These are not natural, you know, just theoretical feelings. And faith is a raw substance. Love is a raw substance. Hatred is a raw substance. The, it is, the Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. And so that's why, that's why Jesus said, he said, you are either for me 100%. And if you're not, by default, you for Satan. Automatically. Because there are no voids, there's no gray areas. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're either gonna have the shoes for the gospel of peace, or your shoes will be promoting Satan. 
But I'm not doing anything. The fact that you're doing nothing for me means that you're doing it for Satan. Because you're not helping me. And if, with Jesus, you are other. If you're not helping him, you're hurting him because you're not on the Lord's side. You're not fighting for him. And because you won't fight, it gives the enemy the ability to take over because you think you're just standing still in the gray area. No, you're actually giving the enemy an advantage. Okay? Darkness is always rolling at its full weight. Okay? So, y'all good? Y'all like barely? Shoot. So, I'm just encouraging you, you know, there are times when I have to share with y'all the type of decisions that we have to make because the enemy will come in and say, well, man, maybe they did her wrong or, man, maybe they did this and maybe they did that. And even people that are close to us don't know the full weight of what happened. Because if, let me tell you something, the ones who know the full weight of what happened, they didn't get offended at her. They got offended at us for being that crazy to sit up there and do something that, you know, because every person has a tolerance. Every person has a tolerance. And it becomes difficult to save some if, if the majority of the body of Christ, their tolerance is low. God's wisdom is just beyond me. How he can take one thing and turn it into 1,100. And I have to be totally honest with you, is that one of the things that this young lady showing up exposed is that even at a church like this, our love walk was low. Because everyone walks in love until it comes time to walk in love. And think about it. How many of you know we have taught some deep stuff? I mean, we didn't got some, we didn't been to the bottom of the ocean back several times. You know, we didn't, when it come to different subjects and boom, 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 and yet the deepest subject of all is the subject of love. So when I teach that, you're going to have to be ready because you recognize that you hardly walk in it. There are no greater mysteries than the mystery of love. But some of y'all remember, don't y'all remember about that, that little mini vision I had where the Lord was standing before me? And what did he say? Only now will you begin to know me. I've been saved since 1993. Okay? 1993. And the Lord appears to me and says, only now will you begin to know me. See? So those 12 foundation things and those points, those are wonderful. Because that's just part of the rules and the regulations and the universal laws of the kingdom and, and all of that. But, in, but the power that energizes all 12 is Jesus. And that's the one. We know more about his laws than him. We know more about working principles for manifestation than we do about walking in love. So when I do that, it's going to be very much a great, great, great eye opener. You're going to hear things you've never heard before because I'm hearing things I've never heard before. It's going to be one of the most powerful things that I've ever imagined. So, so well, as a result of a great miracle of God, there are no questions that have been sent to me. <laughs> oh, wait, no, we got one. How do, you, how do you deal with her children in this situation? They always seem to be the collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, but that's just... How, I mean, it's just how it is. I mean, it's um, when uh, one of the one of the visions that the Lord gave Lisa is that her inroad to us would be using the child, and so that's what happened. She came Sunday, and she kind of moved the child towards me, knowing that I, because in her mind, I had already rejected her. I hadn't rejected her. I would have gave you a hug and spoken and been cordial. And so, just like Lisa said, is that you know the child was used. And um, 
And so, uh, because, and I'm not, and I'm, I want y'all to follow me. I don't want you to try to be figuring out stuff and giving extra, because I make sure your minds are right. I'm, I'm not blaming her for that. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Okay. It's just that maybe she, in her, and she, she wants to embrace that, but still have a connection. I can't allow that. No different than you can't allow your son to be smoking crack and having, and you know what I'm saying, up in the house all day long, and the drug dealer's giving him the stuff. You got to take that. You, okay. So, so, so she brought the child and kind of pushed the child, knowing that I, in her mind, knowing that I would not reject the child. So, you know, I just talked to her child for a moment, and then I gave her a hug and I said, y'all doing all right? And boom. And that was it. And so um, that was pretty much it. It was kind of like, you know, of course, a tad bit weird, you know, but unfortunately you all you know what I heard one of my mentors say something he said if God has chosen you you can lay your bed in hell and you will still be protected there are people right now that are not saved but have been chosen and while they're in the club and while they're doing crack and while they're cussing God out because they're chosen God has protected them as though they are Jesus so, you know, it gets over into deeper things in regards to that. You know, she has, and she doesn't have her children back. She just has one of them for a little, for a little while, you know, and, and that's, her, that's her Linus blanket is the children. Um, that makes her feel, I hate to say this, but that makes her feel like she's not a total failure. And, and, and the Lord will allow that. He really will. He will allow it and try to get her attention another way. But if he can't get her attention in another way, then what he'll do is he'll make sure that those parents stay with those other parents. Because the children are not with bad parents. Regardless of what she told some of y'all, they're not with bad parents. Both her children are with good parents. Solid family foundations. Solid. Solid, solid. You know, and <clears throat> she tried to corrupt that because she wanted to keep the kids. So in many ways made them to be the devil to justify we should have the kids. And so I have to be honest with you, you know, we moved, we had no choice but to move fast in some serious scenarios, but there are some things we moved a little fast on, you know, and, um, 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 oh, it's a question. So there's nothing you can do about that. There's just nothing you can do about it. I mean, it's, you know what? Let me say this to help you understand. A person gets dropped off at your house and God says, give them everything. It's going to hurt. It's going to grow you up. It's going to expose the, the insufficiencies in regards to your own Christian walk. You're going to be mad. You're going to be upset. You're going to want to do all type of stuff. You want to get all type of revenge. That's all of the stuff my wife and I had to deal with. All of it. Both of us. Okay. But I'm going to drop her off. And guess what? As a result of that, you and her will be better off in the future because of it. And we don't like that type of training. God knows exactly what he's doing because guess what? It forced my wife and I to judge ourselves in a whole bunch of different areas. It forced me to have to look at certain decisions and say, now, is this the love of God or is this Satan getting ready to use me? It made me have to look at stuff like that. Okay? So the Lord drops off a person and guess what? See, it's like the Jewish lady that her car broke down 11 times. And her car broke down like the 11th time in front of my friend's house. And, he, and while they're waiting on the tow truck again, he tried to minister Jesus to her. And, and she sat out of her mouth. She said, boy, God must be trying to tell me something. She said, sir, do you know my car has probably broken down about 10, 11 times in the last three, four months? And she said, 90% of the time, it breaks down in front of a Christian's home, and they try to get me saved. 
And he said he took his knuckles and did just like this. Ma'am, you are hard-headed. But again, well, she didn't take the bite the first time, so what did the Lord do? I'm going to move you to somebody else. Okay? Because the last couple she was with, they were Christians. See? And so, now they were, they, and they're good people, but they did not have nearly the ability to do what we could do for her. Right. Not, it would have it killed them, to be totally honest with you. It would have killed them. And so the Lord said, okay, I'm going to drop her off here. And, and see, these are things that the Holy Spirit will use against her in the future to bring certain things to her remembrance. Because every person has an end of the road. The problem is, here's the dangerous, is that when a person gets to the end of the road, their eyes open, and then they see everything that they have rejected. And for some, like Judas, they kill themselves. Others, they never come back. Okay? 80% of the people that have left his church want to come back. The Lord has made that clear to me. They want to come back. But now, the very pride that made them leave is the very pride that won't let them come back. It's crazy. And then you have others, psh, they don't care. They're like, uh-uh, Satan got me. Can I come back? And every person that does that, the Lord then takes them high real fast because the Lord is not mad at that. Okay? But I had to let it go and let the Lord do his work. Some can be saved. Others cannot. I personally believe that the Lord is going to save this girl. But it won't be because I need to do anything else. It'll be because, all right, uh, you were able to, because there's not too many people that girl could have been dropped at her at the doorstep to be able to do what we did. Y'all don't have, y'all, when I tell you, you don't know. telling you, you don't know. You'll never know. But we did some stuff, y'all, that'll kill the average individual. Not the average individual, to kill most pastors. I'm telling you. It's not too many people. It had to be somebody that knew authority that was living clean. That's the only thing that saved us, is clean. Couldn't be anybody that was half-stepping. Could be drinking on the side, cussing on the side, smoking weed on the side, watching stupid stuff on television. It had to be somebody that was unbreakable because they were fully in the light to try to save somebody. And I'll take you to the brink of death in order to try to do it. Because if she do turn around, I guarantee you she's going to kill Satan on a higher level. You know, our take is, is that we're still working through some things emotionally, you know, um, but I'm pretty good. You know, my wife has to still work through some things because more of the hatred part was directed at her. One of the signs that you will always see me watch is this. I will always know that I'm dealing with the Jezebel spirit is when the person has a problem with my wife or they have a problem with Lisa. If they got a problem with them too, bingo, you have already located yourself. Okay. You've already located yourself because I know both those individuals, okay? I'm sorry, you may not like Lisa, but her words don't fall to the ground. And it's a couple of times I was looking like, oh, we're going to find out if she is a prophet today. <laughs> and I was like, mm, 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 I have got embarrassed once again. Especially when she first started, man, she down there telling that person something, and I'll be like, mm, 
no, man, I might have to slow this. I'm going to be up here. Y'all think I'm just worshiping the Lord. I'm just like nervous, like Jesus, this person going to lead the church. And so I would go to the person, ask the person, what you think about the word Lisa gave? Man, that woman was all up in our Kool-Aid. I don't even know how she know all of that. Okay. So y'all, it's a war. And you're like, man, that's a whole lot of energy. I'm, it's a whole lot of energy over one person. Yeah, because it's that person's eternal destiny. Like God, like Lord told Justin Pilots, he said, just fly that Learjet in a rope, remote part of Alaska, burn on that jet fool. Lord told him, son, don't you ever remember? He said, I will bankrupt you to get to one soul. Because one soul is more than all the banks put together. One soul is more, more than heaven. Hey, it's God saving himself. <laughs> okay, so, so guess what? You pray for the individual. So guess what? If, if you see the person comes here, don't be trying to bring him down front because the Holy Ghost trying to use you to make something happen. Let the per- don't be sitting up next to him because you feel like you need to be hooked. Let people come in and let them be ministered to. It's just as simple as that. You don't need to do no extra stuff. Try to help God out and all that type of stuff. No, you're going to mess stuff up. You don't have to let me know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Godzilla is here. You know, he came in through the back door and... I don't know y'all mean well, but sometimes y'all you mean well, you be messing stuff up. Understand? So, but that's that's what it is. There are things you all that are for the purpose of growing you up, so that you can hand. What you think she's the only one? Oh, please, we had already dealt with it several times. We just knew how to move fast, and we moved so fast y'all didn't even know we were doing it. Because it's that, that first time, then the Lord shows you this, 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 bam. Then we had about three more since then. They were on that level. Okay, one came in, and I knew what to do. Boom, 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 boom. And she went right back out. And then she tried to come back in, doing that same thing, prophylline. So one time I'm at a Sunday location, she sent Devon a message. I know I joined the church. She dropped the, they like to, what the demons like to do is on their way out, they like to drop a grenade. Um, I know I joined the church, but you know what? I'm revoking my membership because you're a church that does not walk in love. I said, oh, I know that's a lie. I know that came from the fate of hell. Oh, you mean we're a church that won't do what you want us to do? That's what you mean. Okay. And sure enough, the person called me back a few months, a few months later. Uh, I just want to know, does your church do deliverance um, if you're not a member? Yeah, you still got the demons, don't you? We touch, tell you mind. Me and Devon sitting here, there was one other girl, she come here and make it seem like it was a national emergency, like Satan was at her front door. We brought that girl into deliverance, and she in the deliverance, and she don't want to cooperate. She don't want to tell us the demons' names because they her friends. Okay, well, you got to go. See that exit door? Wonderful. You're not about to waste my time. But see, Amelia heard from God on that one because I had asked Amelia to be a part of that deliverance, and the Lord told her, uh, don't listen to your pastor going to work. I am not exaggerating. She had already said yes, went to pray, and the Lord Spirit told Amelia, mm-mm. She said, no, it's a waste of time going to work. And it was showing off a waste of time. We sit up here, got all this stuff, all illustrious to make it wonderful, and, and, and she don't want to cooperate. Called me back a few months later, too. Y'all still do deliverance? Mm-hmm. But we're going to take you right back to your last terrible, prideful decision. So guess what? There are several individuals that tried to come against her. Guess what their inroad back in is through her. I'm going to send you right back to the last offense. 
And if you got a problem with her, you are welcome to go back out there and be in league with your enemy, Satan, as long as you want. And like I told this individual, I'm moving on to help people that really want help. Really want help. I believe you all in being, how many of you know that we are a family? Sometimes at Thanksgiving dinner, we got to have a discussion about why Ronald is in jail again. <laughs> just being honest with you. And that's just the truth. Okay? So I'm just letting you know where our mindset is, is that you all love does not allow you to just continue. When a person is trying to destroy you, then you have to show. See, when they kicked him out the church, that was love. Because Lao says, okay, well, guess what? I won't kill you. I'll just send you away that you don't want to go, and you won't realize it until you get there. Because I could just kill you. Because trust me, if I wanted to, okay? Matter of fact, the Lord gave my wife a dream about that. If we wanted to, we could destroy this girl. Uh, when I say we could destroy her, several different ways. Trust me when I say that. And that's why the Lord didn't send her some other place because they would have got offended and destroyed the girl. Versus recognize this is a person that's immature, deceived by the devil, has never experienced really true love. And, and guess what? The Lord will protect her in her rebellion and then he'll slowly pull back. Slowly pull back. And then something will start getting her attention. And or she'll get a little bit more maturity. So, we'll see. Guess what? You might see her in 10 years. She'll come back. You never know what's going on behind the scenes, folk. And the Lord sees everything. And it's really sad, because we don't know one single person that has left here and done that, that is doing well. And it, not one. Marriage is broken, dead, sick, can't find them nowhere. Internet can't even find them. You do a Google search, and they're like, they're not even in the planet anymore. We can't find these people. They just all go on to, and they either go completely to the dark side, or they, zero, zilch. Okay? And, they, and, and some of them right now burning. Lord told me that about the individual that came up against y'all today. She's just burning, just burning, just burning, just, just burning. And, and, and if you don't do what they want you to do, they then accuse you of taking their ministry. And then they just burn against you. They just, they just burn. And some of them not even going to make heaven if they're not careful. And it's just, there's nothing you can do, folk. It's only one thing you can do. Pray for them as long as you can. And, and, and you know what? You look at those situations and say, hey, this morning I blocked out everybody. You know? And, you know, and I, I just kept my eyes closed. And for 30 minutes I just kept telling God how thankful and grateful I was that I was not by the wayside. I don't even know why I'm up here. Y'all know what I'm saying? Why? Why am I here? All these other people out here that's roaming the streets and part of other faiths and Church of Satan and drug dealers and, and just all of the type of crap that they're in, why in the world am I sitting up here? And then got to learn to be sitting up here pastor on a cutting-edge ministry and learning. I have no idea. Don't ask me. I wasn't that good. I didn't come from that good of a family. Ain't no family that good. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just, I don't know if it's the, I hate to say it, is it the luck of the draw? It just happened that I was picked or chosen. He just decided to use me. Why he use me instead of somebody else? Why y'all sitting here instead of somebody else? See, so he just sat up here and gave me everything, and, and I can't extend his love to somebody because they sliced me? 
When, when Jesus said, he said, if you're not on my side, you automatically on Satan. So until I gave my life to Christ in 1993, all of them years, I was inflicting pain on Jesus. So. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Don't think that it did not hurt Jesus that Judas killed himself. Don't think that that didn't hurt him. I don't know why the Holy Spirit just shared that with me. He said, don't think that didn't hurt Jesus. Read the scripture too fast. You know, Peter got to the end of that road and recognized he messed up. And, and that's what some people do is when they recognize you gotta remember, Jesus told Peter he was gonna mess up. He said, no, I'm not. Pride, no, I'm not. I got your back. You know what happened, he messed up. And, and when he messed up, he disqualified himself. He said, ah, I can't do this, I can't do this. So he just went back to his old lifestyle. And Jesus had to go get him. There are some that Jesus will let them leave like the disciples and won't say nothing to them. And then there are others that he will go and chase after. And all you can do is just try to pray and see which one that you're supposed to do. What, what the Lord brings across your path. There are people that have left here and the Lord said, let them go. They will not be back forever. Then there are others that left and the Lord said, I never will forget when I was in the Lord. I was in the shower and the Lord said, go get Marche right now. Never will forget that. Because she was deceived. It's the high-level folks sometimes that are the most deceived. It's the most gifted that are the deceived. Satan works on them extra. Marche wouldn't be doing anything what she's doing right now had I not obeyed that instruction. She was stolen. She didn't leave, she was stolen. And when she first left, I met with her three times. I said, Marche, you're making a mistake. You know how Marche talks. I'm telling you, Pastor, <laughs> this is what the Lord is showing me. It's called spiritual hallucination. And guess what? I had to let her go. And I had to trust God, because God doesn't need me. He just gives me an opportunity to be a part of the plan. I had to let her go, the same way I had to let others go. You let them go. And then, if they were truly deceived, God will work with them and he will open their eyes. But if it's something nefarious about their heart, he'll let them go. And that's just, and meanwhile, slave got to look like the bad guy sometimes because sometimes you're going to see people do something sometimes people are going to say stuff about me and I'm going to say anything back and then you got to fight with well maybe my pastor is crazy maybe he's doing some stuff in secret and God will be saying no he just knows how to keep his mouth closed because he knows that if he talks too soon he can mess up something that God is working on and that's the ultimate level of love to allow yourself to look bad in front of the other people so that you can try to save one and like the Lord told Rick Joyner, he said, I told you to leave the 99 to go after one. He said, most of my ministers, he said, they won't leave one to go after 99. <laughs> so, all right. I'm ready to eat something that's not healthy. <laughs> it's a reason why y'all, God said, be faithful to the end. God will work with you. You can make mistake after mistake. 
just don't leave Christ and don't leave the church. Just don't. Okay. So. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Thank you, O Lord God, for all of the challenges that you have brought our way. Because we cannot see the things that are on the inside of us that are not good. The things that are weak. The things that are even wicked. We can't see the inside of ourselves, but you can. Many a times you will allow us to be a part of circumstances to expose the level that we are really on in spite of the level we think we are on. So, oh Lord, we welcome that challenge because we know that with every challenge, there'll come a blessing with every act of humility and repentance, and chastisement will come a promotion. These things are being done, oh Lord God, to prepare us for eternity to determine what level we will rule with you on. If we are qualified to be over people for eternity. So I thank you, oh Lord God, we pray. Oh Father God, on tonight for those that have been tricked by the enemy out of this place that they were sent to. No matter how good a church is. As a matter of fact, the churches that are really good are the ones that Satan tricks many out of. But we pray for them, oh Lord God, that you would minister unto them. You got a plan for them, oh Father God. We just pray that you would touch their hearts on tonight. And that for those that you are calling back, that they will find their way back with speed. For those, oh Lord God, that you want to be gone forever. Thank you, oh Lord God, that they will find themselves, themselves at another place. More than anything, oh Lord God, through all of these things we ask that you would teach us how to love more, how to be patient more, how to gossip less, and how to pray more, how to judge less. Because the scripture says that love covers a multitude of sins. So we ask that you help us, oh Lord God, to walk on the level that you have called us to, which is your firstborn son, Jesus Christ. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So I thank you, oh Lord God, for doing these things. Thank you, oh Lord God, for creating one of the greatest families in planet Earth and connecting us to a wonderful family overseas. And our father, Bishop Oyedipo, we thank you, oh Lord God, that as a family, we are learning together. We have victories together and the challenges we go through together and even the failures, oh Lord God, we learn from them together. Thank you, Lord, that there are no big eyes and no little U's. Thank you that we are all one unit and you have a wonderful plan for us all. Thank you, Lord God, for doing these things. Thank you for giving us wisdom and speed to minister to those that are coming in their numbers and in their droves. Blessing out of you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Well, I'm glad you uh, suffered through that. <laughs> you know, so I uh, be difficult to share some of these things sometimes because you'll, and we'll have these moments in every war, someone falls that grieves everyone. And in Jesus' war, it was a lot. But he had to really, I mean, think about it. When Jesus' ministry, he lost John the Baptist from to being beheaded because John the Baptist got offended. That's why Jesus said, blessed are those not offended to me. John the Baptist kept questioning if it was Jesus because he got offended. Then he lost one of his other disciples to suicide. See, you don't win them all. You just don't. And the church doesn't like that. They don't like to hear that we can't win everything. You can't. It's not going to happen because Jesus already told you. He said, I just need you to fight and win as many as you can. And some of the ones that you win, you'll then still end up losing. 
and some of the ones that you lose you'll end up winning again I just need you to just keep on fighting and just keep on running and just keep on shooting and just keep on loving and keep on praying and keep on evangelizing and let me sort out all of the details you just make sure you don't allow yourself to be corrupted by those that are corrupted otherwise you will be corrupted after they come back in and that's the craziest thing in the world is to see a Christian bring a sinner to this church the sinner gives a life to Christ and now the person that brought him is living for the devil not me I'm making it to the end how about you give somebody a hug tell them to have a blessed night we'll see you all this weekend <laughs>